Photography 101, hosted by Scott Wittenberg. Lesson 21. Hello again, and Happy New Year. In this lesson, we're going to try something different, and that is to hook up my video camera and use it to illustrate a few basic tips and suggestions for setting up and using your digital camera. I'll be using my digital SLR, so some of the tips will be non-applicable if you have a point-and-shoot. Please excuse any stuttering or other flaws in my delivery, as this lesson is totally unscripted. Okay, well this is my Nikon D70. I've had this a couple years back when they were very expensive, I might add. And it'll be a long time before I replace this baby. At any rate, it's a great camera and I love it. And uh, probably one of my very first suggestions I would uh, give you for your camera whether this is a, whether it's a digital camera or a film camera, any kind of camera, is to buy a protective filter to protect your lens. Okay, these lenses, uh, lens filters, uh, come in uh, different diameters. Mine is a 67 millimeter diameter, and you can purchase either a uh, what's called a skylight filter or a UV filter, which actually uh, helps filter out some of the UV rays. Uh, get the right size and then screw it on to uh, the outside area carefully. Be sure you don't cross thread it. Screw it on the end of the lens and then if you ever scratch this it is a lot cheaper to replace a filter than it is an entire lens. So basically this is the cheapest smartest way to protect your expensive lenses is to simply buy a UV filter or skylight filter that is the correct diameter of your lens which is usually uh, you can find that in your manual or sometimes it's written inside uh, the barrel of the lens the actual diameter and screw it on and you don't have to worry about it anymore so that is tip number one today okay the next thing we're going to talk about is image size and image quality you might as well get this set right the very first time uh, so for the most part you don't have to worry about it anymore. What I'm going to try to do here is uh, set these uh, features on my menu and try to bring as close as I can to the movie camera so you can see what I'm talking about. I'll click my menu here. Alright, I'm going to bring this up to the screen, hopefully so that you can see it. And so that I can adjust it. Alright. Alright, that looks pretty good. Alright, so on uh, image quality, let's do that first. We'll scroll up there. There you go. Hope you're not getting dizzy watching this. Okay. Notice that the best rule of thumb is the biggest and the best. Alright. So go ahead and look at your image quality. JPEG is a compressed file. It stores information in a compressed, compressed state so it doesn't use as much memory but keeps most of the information that you want in your pictures. So if you go with the very finest quality that has the uh, least compression actually and most like the actual image that you shot and that is what I would choose. Now notice here at the top this RAW right here NEF or RAW that is a memory sucking uh, file type which has no compression and is great for professional applications when everything has got to be just right and you want to have total control over the image without any loss of quality. But for most of us, JPEG Fine is the one I would recommend uh, because you'll still save some memory 
but still get the best quality you can without going raw. Now let's go back to image size. Again, biggest and the best. Alright, go to image size. Notice I've picked the largest size, highest resolution, 3000 by 2000 pixels per inch. That's about 6 megapixels. Uh, if your camera has even higher resolution, you could expect this to be up to 12 megapixels. Always pick your best. Why? Because if you ever want to print out one of those beautiful pictures and you've shot it at low, re low resolution, you're not going to get it. All right. Memory is cheap. Image quality is not. I guess that's the rule of thumb. All right. So that is your next tip this evening. Next thing we're going to talk about is formatting your memory card. Okay, your memory card, as you well know, is the card that you stick in there and it stores your images as you shoot them. One thing I found with my students is that the card will get corrupted. And when your card gets corrupted, you lose your pictures. One of the things I always tell them is when they uh, bring it up on the computer to be sure to drag it to the trash before they bring their card out of the card reader, if they're using a card reader. The other thing I tell them is if you repeatedly use a card reader or uh, flip-flop your cards between cameras or just plain after a lot of usage your card can become corrupted so what I advise is to format the card frequently and you do this through the menu now this is different than emptying the trash when you format the card it does clear all of your pictures out but it reformats the card so it's back to your camera and uh, you know, pretty much uh, optimizes it, I guess is the best way to put it. So to do that, of course, obviously before you do that, be sure you've stored your images on your computer or somewhere, or that they're images you don't care about anymore before you format your card. That's very important. So when we hit menu here, again, bring this up here. Now, your camera, of course, is going to be different, but basically it's the same, you know, idea. You've got to find where these settings are. Okay, so I'm bringing this up here. It's usually called format. Okay, so I'm going to scroll over here to format. It'll ask me with that exclamation part, do I want to format? And you'll say yeah. So go down to yeah. Let me see, sorry. Again, I'm getting dizzy myself just watching this. And then go ahead and hit enter. And it will format it very quickly. It'll erase it. But it keeps your memory card dedicated to your camera and will avoid corruption of images. So that's your next tip this evening. Okay, now we're going to talk about ISO. Setting your ISO or film speed versus um, having it on automatic. Okay, we talked about ISO in the lesson about exposure. Remember the three factors that determine exposure? is the ISO or film speed, the shutter speed, and the aperture. Okay, and remember that once you set the ISO, those other two factors that determine proper exposure which are again shutter speed and aperture are all dependent on how sensitive your camera is to light alright okay so let's talk about that the reason I'm bringing this up mostly is that usually by default your camera is either set on uh, your lowest ISO number in the case of my Nikon it's uh, 200 some go down to 100 some go even lower than that that is the least sensitive setting okay if you have plenty of light, that's a great setting. But if you're on a cloudy day and you're on an ISO 100, you're probably going to have trouble getting the proper exposure on your shutter speeds and so forth. Okay? Unless you're on auto ISO, 
which case it will automatically shift to the ISO number that is appropriate for the scene, okay, keeping it to a minimum. So what am I getting at? Well, auto ISO is obviously the best way to go, except for one time that I can think of specifically, and that is when you're in low light situations. If you're in low light situations and you're on ISO automatic, it is going to go really high and you're going to get really noisy pictures unnecessarily because as long as you have a tripod you can go to your lower ISO numbers have a lot better image quality and still get your pictures again that is providing you have a tripod alright so let's go now to show you how to set the ISO manually click on my menu and I'm going to bring this up so we can see what we're doing here alright now again like I said before everyone's screen is going to be different here's my ISO it's under the camera icon alright it's already set on 250 I'll scroll to the right here and notice my very lowest ISO is 200 alright that is uh, the best image quality for the film speed think of uh, ISO as the higher the number the more noise you get if this were film, it would be the more grain you get. And up to a certain limit, that's not a problem. Alright, I'd say up to about 400, you're okay. Alright. Once you get beyond that, you start getting the noise. And notice that this baby goes all the way up to an ISO of 1600. So you can imagine that the image at this high of a uh, film speed is going to be pretty poor. With regard to those little speckle things you see all the time, I'm not talking about pixels, I'm talking about speckles, also known as noise in a digital camera. Okay, so obviously this is how you would set it manually. And if you want a good average setting, you go anywhere from 200 to 400 and just hit OK. All right, now you can't get these settings. If your ISO is already on auto, you can't do what I just did. So let me show you how to. Uh, change this to auto ISO okay first we're going to go back to a different part here where the little pencil is okay sorry about that told you this was a new thing right and go down to ISO auto which is off scroll to the right scroll down and turn it on so it's done okay so what does this mean? Now this means when I go out and shoot, depending on the light availability, this will choose my ISO, which is fine when you have plenty of light or, you know, fairly decent light like a cloudy day. But once you start going inside and if you don't want to use a flash particularly, this baby is going to choose a really high ISO number. Your quality is going to be uh, not up to snuff. That's where you'd want to go to manual pick 400 okay use a tripod to get those night shots that we've been talking about or an inside shot with existing light okay choose 400 even up to 800 use a tripod you'll be good to go if you're on auto ISO you're gonna be very disappointed with the results they're gonna be very noisy so that's our next tip okay my final tip this evening is autofocus versus manual focus you know for the most part Autofocus is the best way to go. You don't have to take time to sit there and focus on an image. Uh, the camera lens will do it for you by means of a uh, motor. 
that picks out the, usually the nearest subject and uh, quickly focuses on it and when you uh, shoot it is in focus. Now keep in mind also, and a lot of people I don't think realize this, that if you lightly tap your shutter um, release button that brings things into focus. So always get in the habit of doing that, especially when you have the time to do it. Click it down half the way and you'll engage the autofocus feature on your lens and you can see if your image is uh, crisp, if the scene is crisp, where you want it to be crisp. Okay. So what is manual focus for? Okay, manual focus is when you are not able to autofocus on what you want to shoot in a scene. This often happens when you have a scene that is too dark and the camera is unable to get a bead on what it's trying to autofocus on. And I'm sure this has happened to you before. You lightly tap your shutter release button and the lens just keeps going in and out and makes that whirring sound but never really locks in on your subject. Okay, that's a good time to go to manual focus. All right, so that you can focus it manually. Now on your camera, you'll see somewhere near the front of the camera, a switch that says AF and M. I'll bring that up there so you can see it. Okay, it's a toggle switch. AF, autofocus, M is for manual. Okay, so most of the time you'll be right there on AF. But when you want to go to manual, you'll flip this thing and then you're going to have an area of your lens for focusing manually. On my lens, it is right here. This little knob. This right here is my zoom. Alright, so don't get it mixed up. So uh, become familiar with where your manual focus ring is so that when you have to focus manually, you're able to do it. Now another thing you may notice here is on my camera lens, and again this isn't with all cameras or all lenses, but this particular lens has an MA and an M setting. All this is is that it will stay on autofocus in this mode here and give you the manual capabilities if you want to autofocus and then manually focus, or you just put it on M for a time when you don't want it to autofocus at all, again dependent on this of course, and just want to do it manually all the way. Okay. Another time you may want to manually focus is when your subject, okay, it is focusing on the wrong part of your scene and you want to focus on a different part of the scene. You want to override the lens focusing on a section that you don't want to be focused on. Maybe you want to focus beyond the subject that's nearest, okay? Your autofocus can't do that. You can sit there and play around with the controls and waste time. What I would do is quickly whip over to manual, look through my viewfinder, twirl this ring until what I want is in focus, is in focus, and then go ahead and shoot. Okay? Well, that's our final tip for this evening. I hope um, you've gotten something out of this sort of new uh, format I've tried with the podcast. Um, it has been challenging for me to try to get everything uh, to work here with this camera. I've just got it on a tripod and I'm viewing the actual scene through um, iMovie and it's working fairly well. Uh, but the bottom line is I hope that it has done you some good. Um, I'd love to hear your comments on this. Was this a worthy podcast or was it a waste of time or somewhere in between? I hope you learned something new. I hope you enjoyed it. So until next time, take care. And again, have a happy new year.